Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. Each week, we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the closure design, sorry, closure programming language. So, Christoph, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, this week, I would like to keep talking about tic-tac-toe because I realized you and I are basically never in the same room together. So this, our big scheme of we're going to sit at the computer, type in our play, and demonstrate our tic-tac-toe domination is not going to work because, well, we're, we're never together. So I want, I want to play tic-tac-toe over the internet. That's what, that's what I want to do. Oh, okay. So over the internet. Well, what does that, what does that entail then? Well... That's the question, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe over the web. Yeah, I mean, you know, the web pages are usually a good way of, of playing tic-tac-toe. Um, but, you know, there's a whole another design uh, consideration when we talk about the client. So uh, how about That's, if we just... That is true, because I guess, you know, we could talk about a web client. We what we would need is we would need like an application front end and some kind of way of making the UI and some kind of way of making API calls back over the web and uh, rendering that. And it would be really, really cool if this thing could just like update every time you make a move. So we probably want some kind of like WebSocket thing. And then there's going to be a back end. And then like, what if we want to play more than one game at once? So, so we need some way of like tracking all those games and what about abandoned games? Yeah. And, I and, mean, and we would end up with our first 12 hour podcast episode. <laughs> I think, I think we need to have some, some slightly smaller, um, slightly smaller scope on this thing. Let's try it for a, like a tracer bullet. What, what's tra- the, what's the bare bullet. minimum smallest thing we can do where I can sit at my house and you can sit at your house, uh, thousands of miles apart from each other. And, and, and be able to play tic-tac-toe against each other. So, okay. so wh- help, what's help the bare me out with the Help me out with this concept of the tracer bullet. So does that mean I, I write my move and I literally shoot the bullet down to you so you catch it and then know what my move is? Or what do you mean by tracer bullet? Yeah, I guess we could do a tic-tac-toe by email uh, game. That would be something something that would be interesting, I think, to try at some point. Uh, but, I, but I'm thinking let's, let's still use the, the web or HTTP. Um, and instead of... Uh, a web front end, you know, we both know uh, how to use curl at the command line. So how about if we just use the curl front end to to play our game? Uh, and and as a simplifying thing, we don't even need you know all that all that that nasty HTML and web sockets and all that stuff. And we can just have the web server output text. You know, we can see what what, what our moves are, and uh, and actually we can even make it so there's only one game. We don't even need to keep track of multiple multiple games. Uh, not okay. even, don't even need a database. So let's literally just have one game in memory that both of us can play. Uh, it, we're just kind of extending the command line out to the out to the the web, the internet. So tracer bullet means uh, like chop this way down. Yeah, yeah. Scope it way down so that we can accomplish this whole thing and and. 10 or 12 minutes and 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 end the podcast episode uh and then maybe maybe we'll talk about more things in the future uh there's a lot of other interesting things we can we can delve into but if we start off with this then we can build upon it in the, in the next step following episodes. so we want to get we want to basically get the core problem defined in some functioning way that's not i mean it's not going to be production ready but it's going to be good enough to solve all the important parts of the problem so we can see how each of those parts could be replaced by something that's more production worthy, 
right? So we're trying to get from the beginning to the end, like, like all the way through all the parts of the problem and make them all work together. So we have a, a functioning thing, but it's a very incomplete, like it's a very minimalist thing, but it, but it actually works. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're saying. It's a, good, it's a good thing to do in software development to, to make something that actually works, that you can stop. And if you never progress past that, you would have something that, that was satisfactory. Uh, maybe it's not what you want, but it's something that is fully functional. That, yeah, that's the point. So it has like minimalist pieces. So I, I really liked what you described. Like we have this minimalist piece. We, we use curl as our client to start with because, hey, we're doing it over the web. So it's going to have some API. So let's just ditch all the complexity of having a UI at this point in time. And let's just use curl. Yeah. See, that, yeah, see, super. Well, and how do we run? How do we run this thing? So I was thinking maybe we do an Uber jar with line again. And then you SCP that up to a VM in the cloud, your favorite cloud provider. And then you just fire up a TMUX session and just run the jar. There it is, right? It can uh, listen on port uh, 1337 <laughs> so that nobody will know uh, where it is. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so so now we ha- now that we have the deployment down... Um, how how would we actually have the, the the code on the back end? You know, we already have a namespace uh, from pre from last week that actually has our game engine, uh, or maybe it's just our game function, and uh, and we have the, the the REPL code from last week, the read, you know, the, the loop that we have. We can't. I don't know if we can use that again, but we definitely need to have something that will let us, you know, listen to the internet and 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 react based on that. Um, so I think what, one of the things we like to use. Um, yeah. So I think that. We, we got to get a main function running. That's got to launch a web server. That web server has to just sort of sit there listening. And, and then depending on what path or whatever was like the API path, it's got to run some code, right? Like that's, that's the basic problem that we have to solve. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that makes this more interesting the last week is that um, when you and I are sitting at the same computer, the code that's holding the game state can just wait for the next input because it's right there in front of us. Uh, but in this case, it doesn't know when the next move is going to be going to happen. It could take me a week to make my next move. You know, I could be pondering the great strategies for tic tac toe. Oh, and, oh, definitely. And 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 so it needs to be able to hold that and and wait for the next time that the, a move is made. And so that I think that's that's part of what makes this this interesting. Yeah, definitely. So it has to sit there and and wait for wait for input. So I would say let's use something like HTTP Kit or ALF to fire up that web server. I really like Composure. I don't know, Nate. Have you used Composure for uh, defining your routes and mapping them to the functions that handle those routes? I pretty much have only used Composure. I think it's it's really the the de facto standard. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of other ones, but uh, it 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 provides a really simple syntax for basically describing what route you need or what route you're you're intending to handle, and then what function. Uh, needs to handle that route, and so you're. Hand- oh, maybe we should define what route is. So route oh, is yeah. just like the path part of the URL. So when you when you type in a URL, the the it makes a request to the web web server. The web server pulls the URL apart, and then the route is like the path part. So you can differentiate, you know, the different endpoints by path. Yeah, just in it's case not you even haven't been down this road before. 
it's not even the the path. The path is probably one of the most significant parts, but you can also key off of what um, HTTP verb, like if it's a post or a get. I think you can even um, pull out query parameters or path parameters. Um, so you can quite, you can do quite a bit with it. Um, right, and it has, so Composure is nice because it has this nifty matching syntax. So you basically declaratively specify the parts of this URL or the data that matter. And then you say, hey, this function, this this is your this is your function here. Run, go run this. And it will hand that function the full request with all the parts in it. And, and it can also hand the parts it matched out to for convenience. And then you can do, you can do the right thing based on whatever that route is. Yeah. Okay. So, so what routes do we need? What, what actions do we have for our tic-tac-toe game? I think, well, if, if I think back to what we talked about last week, right, we had a new game and, and basically our program last week, you'd just run it, right? It would just start with a fresh state. You play the game and then it would exit. So right, right. this thing kind of runs forever. So we need some kind of route for saying, hey, start a new game. And then we need some kind of route for, okay, take take my turn, make a play. And then some kind of route for, hey, give give me the board, show me the board. Uh what what the heck is the current state of the game? That that route. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's about the simplest we can we can do. Um if we if we make the it so that the game state knows who plays next. Um, we don't need to have like play X or play O. Uh, we can just right because because what would you do if you said, oh yeah, it's O's turn, but I'm gonna say I'm X and make this move, right? I mean, why the game the game knows kind of kind of like we did last time. It's a tracer bullet, right? Where we we realized we could add in a lot more complexity and guard logic, but but why start with that? Let's let's get this thing working end to end, definitely. Yeah, and I think uh, because there's a there's a, a route for showing the game state. You know, if if you start the game, I can. We, I guess we will decide beforehand who's X and who's O. Uh, I think that might be something that would be uh, something we'll handle offline or out out of band. Um, but then, if it's my turn to sure. go, you know, when you when you run show, it'll show you the game board with all the X's what, and O's. Well, what or do you not. mean run run show? Oh, okay. Well, uh, to be more specific, th- so there's a show uh, route, and the idea the, the the idea behind the show route is that it will show you what what the game state is. So if I run curl and I curl the show route off the server, then it will show me a text representation oh. of what the game. Oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great idea, right? It's just like it, it's just plain text. So so I type curl http colon slash slash my personal vm dot me slash or colon what 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 did we say one three three seven slash show right yeah and then i run that and then curl just spews out this like text document that the server made and and it's just like what we showed before from the terminal right it's just it's just plain text and and it and we have an ascii board and and it says whose turn it is Right, and so I, I can run that as many times as I want. So if I'm playing O, you know, and it says X is the next, you know, who has the next turn, I I'll just wait. I'll just keep curling, you know, every day or every other day, you know, till till, till you play, and then it'll see that it's my turn, and then I can play. It's your morning curls. You're yes. you're doing your morning curls. <laughs> is it is that, that too funny? That, that, that might be the only curls that I do in the morning. Um, <clears throat> so. So then, for playing, playing is probably the most complicated route because uh, you need to be able to indicate somewhat 
you know, how, what row, what column. So I think maybe using just regular URL parameters, you know, row equals right. zero, ampersand call equals one. And, right, and because right. the game state knows what whose turn it is, those are all we need uh, to basically for that function to be able to handle it. Okay, so for simplicity, we have these routes slash new, slash play, which is like question mark row equals zero, ampersand colon equals one, and then it's like slash show, right? It's like super simple URL API. Yeah. Who needs rest, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another 12-hour episode. <clears throat> so, so now that we have these routes and we've defined them in Composure, uh, we can basically take all of those and, and, and hand them off directly to... To, to functions that will do each of those things to you know to process them whatever that needs to do at the game state whatever it needs to hand back so that composure can send it back to the terminal. But you said game state, so yes. let's talk about game state. So composure basically helps you get this route map to a function that's going to do the right thing, and so the the right thing in this case is manipulating game state. Now, if I remember way back when you were when you were talking about what the tracer bullet looked like, you said, hey, let's only have one game, like only one active game at a time. So that makes me think what we could just do is we can just have this like def once atom in our code with the game state. It's like the shared game state, the one shared game state, right? And so then these functions are gonna call like reset and swap on this game state atom. Yeah, I think in, I in think order the, to preserve it, right? Because this just like sits there in memory, right? It's just like long running; it doesn't exit; it just sits there in memory. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's a great idea. The the reason why I like having only one game is because then you don't have to deal with you know game IDs and saving things to some sort of persistent storage or anything like that. So the the nice thing about an atom is imagine, you kind of think like of it you could as, imagine how to add in those game IDs, right? Like you could imagine like new game would give you an ID, and then now it's like another parameter you always pass in, right? So you can see how it would go to a more complicated solution. So the tracer bullet really helps us with the minimal. Right, exactly. Uh, but the nice thing about atoms is they're kind of like an in-memory database. You you can actually run transactions against them. Uh, there there are functions for that, but it's something that you can you can think about like a persistent storage without having to have all of the messy right. libraries of you know Mongo Could or MySQL or anything like that. Right. Yeah. You read this data in. You mutate it. You write it back down. You you read it out of the database. You alter it. You shove it back in. Like like an atom sort of gives you those semantics without all of this heavy infrastructure for when you're trying to solve the problem, figure it out. Yeah, and so Adam gives you, so the two functions we use the most with Adams are are swap and reset. And both of those, you can't hear me say it, but they all have both exclamation points at the end. Uh, so they're swap yes. and reset. It's enthusiastic. Uh, and so, yes. but what that indicates is that you're actually modifying, you're, 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 you're causing a side effect. And that, that right. persists beyond what that function is. And so You're changing the atom, that is a side effect. Right. And so the, what the def once does is it basically makes it so that there's a, a place in memory that, that this is that this atom exists at and that we can re- refer to it from all of our functions. So I think what we should do is we should make a web namespace. And in that namespace we should have the atom, we should have all of the functions that composure calls. Uh, and then all of those functions can then refer to the tic-tac-toe namespace for the actual game logic. 
Right. Or game namespace if we wanted something shorter than tic-tac-toe. But yeah, yeah. And so these functions, their sole purpose is to basically take requests, turn them into alterations on the game state using the game model, right? So they're like a bridge between the internet and the game model. So their sole job is to just pull the request apart, get the important bits out of it, uh, call the functions in the game model with a swap in order to update that game model, and then uh, return some kind of indication as to whether or not this actually worked out. Right, and so they would have they had to run all of the all the validation uh, and all of that sort of thing before it actually did the swap, or maybe maybe would it do it inside the swap? I don't know. It depends on how much you want to actually put inside of the inside of the transaction. Well, you could have the swap fail. So, there, yeah, there's a couple ways you could do it, right? You could sort of pre-validate it, um, and and basically you you would run it, and then um, and then if it worked, you would try the swap. But you would still have to make sure the swap worked out, right? Because in theory, you and I could both try to make the same move at the same time, and then there's a little bit of a race there, right? Right. So, so I, I think like one of the easy ways is you you basically you call swap on the on the atom and then the function the play function that's going to update the code with all the appropriate parameters and then it you see you you deref the result like like the swap function gives you a result back and the result is a pointer to the new state and so if that thing didn't change state then something clearly went wrong and so then then it's like okay now we're in triage mode right? The, the pointer didn't change. Therefore, the game did not change state. Something went wrong. Let's throw that over the wall to the, some kind of diagnostic function that's going to give us the errors. Yeah, or, or print it back out to the user. Let, let them deal with it. Let them know well, that two people... In a, co- in a code sense, right? We got to get, get the information and then we can send that what, as a text document back. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So if you if you if you have a function in your swap and it throws an exception, does that make it so that you don't get a new? Does that ex- exception escape out so you can try catch it around that, or does it? You're not supposed to do things like throw exceptions in swap functions, right? They're supposed to be pure. So whenever you're using swap and reset and stuff, it's supposed to be pure. Uh, so don't throw an exception. So so you should just have don't this modify it. Yeah, so either you have to add the last error uh, detail into the game state, so then you can you, you would get a new reference, and the game state would not have advanced, and it would now have a new last error or something, or just don't modify it, right? I, I, I personally, I like the strategy of just don't modify it. The reference hasn't changed. You go, oh, something went wrong. So now let me call another pure function that's going to take this game state that we started with and this information and tell me, hey, what went wrong? And then we can render that out as a string and return that as a text document. And then our curl UI, I I love this curl UI, by the way. Our curl UI can just print that right out for us in the terminal and and whatever we sent back, you know, it shows a user like, hey, stupid, uh, four, four is not a coordinate (laughs) in our coordinate system. Right, right, totally. Well then, then, so then we have we have new, we have play, and then so so all show needs to show doesn't actually need to do any any sort of transactions with with the data. It's just basically dereffing it and then printing it in some text format. 
right, deref's out the state and throws it over to some formatter function that takes the state and gives you a string, right? Yeah. It's pretty simple. But that formatter function over in the game thing too, maybe, right? Like get all this pure stuff over in the game namespace. Especially especially because it's only related to the game. Something you if you want to print it out for curl, you want to print it out for the terminal when you and I are playing next to each other in the same room. Uh, so that that that's a good place to put those kind of functions. Right. If this were a real API, it wouldn't give you text strings back. It would give you JSON back, right? So I could imagine over in the game namespace. You have a function that can tame the game state and spit out a string, which is like human readable ASCII thing, or a function that can take the game state and spit out a JSON document that you can return, you know, for some automated thing that's doing this instead. Yeah, and and I think uh, once you cross over and talk about JSON, might be a good time to segment it into uh, maybe something we'll talk about in another episode. You can really start to imagine how you can now sub these different pieces out and, and really get a different solution that starts to get more complicated, right? We talked about how to, how to maybe have more than one game at once, maybe how to store things in an actual database or persistence, uh, maybe have a real API instead of this terminal text thing, although that's kind of fun, you know, you, you could actually use this thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it kind of harkens back to the old days where you didn't have a web browser. All you had was a terminal. You had to, that's the only way that you could interact with things, you know, like the old Zork days with the text-based games. Right, right. We're BBSing again. BBS with curl. <laughs> yes, nothing like recreating the internet uh, for nostalgia. <clears throat> for sure, for cool. sure. Well, I, I think it's been, it's been a lot of fun um, talking about a tracer bullet of being able to play tic-tac-toe against each other over the internet. Um, I think, you know, delving into the atom and, and seeing how we would use that as the center of our, of, of our state uh, or of our um, being able to tra- keep track of something over time uh, is very useful. Uh, didn't have to introduce anything more complicated, uh, but we'll definitely do that in the future. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, all of you that are listening to this, <laughs> uh, you can find our show notes and past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. No need for curl. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Closure Design. And we would love to hear from you via email. You can email us at feedback at closuredesign.club. Love to hear your questions. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your ideas. In general, we would just love to hear from you. We'll be back next week. Until then, don't forget to keep the fun and functional. Mm-hmm.